Welcome back again to this episode of TF. It's, it's my the free Scott. one. Damn it. I thought that if Alice wasn't here, you wouldn't like, you know. I I'm, I'm, can't be beaten that easily, Riley, you know. I had you not doing it for like about a month mm-hmm. by not saying what kind of episode it was. And now I'm on to you. Yeah. Well, this is just like, okay, so what happened is I had a yeah. high walled castle, right? Maybe, I don't mm. know. I'm just going to pick a Some random kind place. Of Bailey. Well, yeah, maybe <laughs> I'll pick a random place like I don't know, Wallachia, for example, or yeah, like the plains sure. of Hungary, right? A high-walled mm. castle, fortifications made of stone designed to keep out a primarily um, you know, horse-riding uh, 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 sort of enemy. I don't realize that you, an anti-Magyar podcast. I'm not here. Yeah, and you, Milo, you have rolled up, you know, with a bombard, and so now, you know, in order to stop my lands from falling to, you know, the Ottomans, you know, I'm gonna need to design some kind of a, a kind of star fort uh, structure mm. that's gonna be, you know, more sloping walls that will keep you from doing that thing that really annoys me every week. So you probably got Eris. That that will withstand a cavalry attack, but if someone were to come at you with a large siege weapon, like a cannon, or even or even a large battering ram, it's really no good. Um, and, and with the door to door Hungarian Baz there, door to door dodgy castle repair man, uh, my yeah. mood has been repaired. Yeah, conservatory, <laughs> but on the back of my castle, yeah, by some guys who came to my door. Yeah, for, uh, you can't can't have that. Can't have that, mate. It's uh, it's uh, can't have a keep that close to the wall. It's not in planning. It's not regs. <laughs> uh, no, it is uh, myself, Milo, and Hussein, mm. and we are joined. Uh, Delighted to be joined by, I believe, a third or fourth time returning guest. Uh, it is Maddie, only in New York, Libchansky. Maddie, how's it going? I'm pretty good. I'm just thinking about now a pebble dash keep and uh, smiling politely to myself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting is that Barrett, uh, Barrett military engineers actually made met many thousands of star forts uh, and created a whole generation of Yorkists. Yeah, Barrett Holmes actually make the 50 cal as well. It's the same guys. Uh, well, <laughs> Different division. Our, our military histories are getting, they're getting all, all screwed up here. Um, but uh, we've got a few things for you today. Uh, mm. We're going to talk a little bit about... Um, yeah, they're all bad. Yeah. They're all just like bad yeah. stuff. I just want to like give a heads yeah. up. But it's like, yeah, none of it's good. All of it is just bad, bad stuff. I thought I was coming on to talk about good stuff only. <laughs> yeah, Trash yeah, Future. No, trash Future, the podcast yeah, like about medieval conservatives. Trash Future, the like, show oh, about yeah, how things are good, and we're going to talk about some good stuff. I thought yeah. I was just going to listen to an hour of Milo doing Siegecraft Baz. That's what yeah, I Yeah, it's an ironic name. It's a show about good things from the past. <laughs> like the Pebble Dash medieval castle. <laughs> <laughs> or like, uh, you know, like some kind of Genoese military engineer showing up in Istanbul being like, I could build you a bombard for less than half of what you get it down the shop. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's at 20% off of his cash in hand. So, we've got a lot, but... One thing I want to talk about, sort of right off the off the gate, is uh, recent events uh, in in New York, Maddie. This is something we've been talking about a bit, but it appears as though um, deciding to have like I don't know a kind of uh, sworn brotherhood of <laughs> Staten Island guys with enough, um, I'd say I don't know enough small arms to you know sustain the Donbass for two months. 
uh, was not enough uh, to stop a um, recent uh, mass shooting on the New York's on the New York subway. Can you talk about that a little? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's fair because they're also New Jersey and Long Island guys. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, because Staten Island is at least in the city technically. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, so the if you had seen, there was a, a shooting in Brooklyn at a, a subway station, and uh, then the guy was found about 24 hours later, and it was only because he had left his credit card at the scene, like Zorro. Um, yeah. and they found- <laughs> like calling card, it <laughs> yeah. is Chase Bank. <laughs> and they, they only found him, yeah, 24 hours later because uh, he left his credit card at the scene, so they got his name, and then uh, he called in a tip against himself at the McDonald's in the East Village. Seventh uh, dimensional chess. Yeah. And then uh, a guy that was working at a, installing a security camera at a bodega, I believe, uh, then just saw him walking around and called the cops, like literally waved them over like there he is. Um, meanwhile, the cops were, you know, a, that new terrorist you've been looking for. Well, <laughs> listen to this. Like, yeah, like literally just uh, some guy named Zach from New Jersey just did that. Uh, and then meanwhile, the cops were a block away from where this guy was. Um, with the NYPD's vaunted anti-terrorism unit, the SRG or Special Resource Group, which is mostly famous for uh, beating the shit out of my friends uh, the last two years, um, they were a block away uh, doing anti-terrorism by throwing uh, homeless people's tents in two garbage trucks a block away from where this guy was. And then, of course, the last 24 hours since then, uh, it's Thursday now, uh, the, the cops have been crowing about the detectives and how they caught them and how good the NYPD is and what a good job they did. Like they weren't like literally just uh, groping around uh, their own assholes for a while. Oh, great things also on the scene. Uh, the cops that were there, uh, their radios didn't work and they were asking random people on the scene to call 911 for them. Wait, hang on. That's just, no, that's just a way that you can get mugged without realizing it. As someone, as someone comes up to you, is like, hey, I'm an NYPD officer. <laughs> can I use your phone to stop an ongoing uh, yeah. manhunt? <laughs> No, the, I, I mean, love the, when the, cops, the police run up to you and go, Can someone call the police? Yeah. The cops didn't even like call like be like, Can I borrow your phone? I'm sure the cops also, if you've ever seen a cop in the subway in New York City, the cops have phones because they're on them playing Candy Crush uh constantly or whatever, you know, cop game they're playing. Um human uh, candy, not, candy no, neutralized. Good. There it is. No, there you have to citizen, you have to call the police. I have to work out which end of this gun I have to point at the guy. Is <laughs> a candy involved crushing. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. are, we, are, we, are we still not like posting like thin blue line stuff? <laughs> it's yeah. a very thin blue line. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> gossamer thing. It's, it's, it's a thread. It Sounds like you can just push right through it. <laughs> uh, the, the, the cops did nothing at all. And also since our, our beautiful um, brain dead cop mayor has been mayor, uh, they've been like flooding the subways with cops and there's so many of them everywhere now. And they, uh, they don't do anything. Cops don't prevent, uh, policing doesn't prevent crime. It just doesn't. No, we well, I I have my own suspicions uh, about about this. Uh, but uh, number one, I think what this shows is that, and of course, what Eric Adams is going to do is going to say, "Well, this shows that we need to make sure, like, to have cop only uh, subway <laughs> trains, like cop only cars, so that they're kept safe." Um, but also, we need to take that budget. We oh, need God, to go why ahead do these and shootings keep happening in the cop only cars? <laughs> we, we, every cop Cops needs their nervous because everyone else in there has a gun. Every cop <laughs> needs their own subway car. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no one else can get in it. 
And they need to black out the window so they can't see their reflection because then, yeah. then they might... Uh, they might start barking, also. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but it's like, uh, it, it's what the solution to this, obviously, that is going to come out is going to be, well, we need to double the amount of cops on the subway and oh, yeah. the $10 billion or whatever that the NYPD gets per year. It clearly wasn't enough to have like randomly the cameras at this uh, uh, all of the cameras in the straight line that this guy went on were all non-functional and <laughs> no one's radios were functional i guess it's like double 10, the budget there's only like ten thousand cameras in the new york city subway system already and yep. then like they're like oh only those three weren't working in the whole system i was like uh-huh <laughs> sure i love to That's live in the, right. the panopticon that doesn't work it's like uh the panopticon the panopticon tower is like leaning over and the guy's asleep we're all still sitting in the panopticon, like I can't fucking see shit in it. Well, I would be. I mean, like, <laughs> I w- I, I'm very surprised that you could actually see stuff in the subway. I'm like, you know, I, 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 I would have assumed that the cameras like have a be- as like have like a asbestos like all over them, right? Oh yeah, so. I mean, the, the condition of the the subway is not great. The, uh, and also, there's a big sort of uh, activity. Let's say activity out trying to determine the motive. Um, and you know, like lots of people are spiked, but you know, very like fucking glenn greenwald is like uh no one wants to confront that this is black identity extremism uh which was designated a terror threat by the fbi in 2018 you know meanwhile like you and i have been talking about maddie we love the fbi don't we folks yeah the (laughs) fbi watched that bernie mac set from def jam and got really scared (laughs) (laughs) why has he never had any pumpkin pie (laughs) why isn't he scared of any of these motherfuckers He must be some kind of radical. Oh, uh, the suspect is wearing jeans with a picture of the suspect on them. <laughs> uh, he is. Uh, uh, he, if he pulls his shit out, the whole room will get dark. Repeat: the whole room will get dark. <laughs> He's threatening to pull his shit out. Uh, no, sorry, but like the the, the 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 discussing the motive, right? And you know, like fuck, like all of the people who write for the compound, whatever that new sort of uh, drugstore culture for you guys is. Um, mm. Uh, oh, are saying, yeah, yeah. "Oh, this is clearly uh, you know wokeness gone awry." Uh, meanwhile, well, if you actually call it chemist culture. If you look at, uh, I, but if you actually look at what he posted, like on the days before, it's a lot of very confused, rambling stuff of just like as we were talking about, I think earlier, Maddie, right? Just yeah. repeating a lot of the stuff that you might read in, say, the New York Times, the New York Post. I mean, about yeah, this how is, the this city is, is a dangerous. daily news, New York Post yeah. reading motherfucker for sure. Yeah. Like it, it, his politics were obviously very confused there was a lot of ranting about uh like too many homeless people in the subway but then also being like 9-11 was great by the way so it's, it's you know it's it's very all over the place well, and so I think it's, it's, he's he's a mixed bag yeah mixed we can bag. agree on some things yeah yeah it's impossible to save bad or not yeah he's a guy who's seen taxi driver and right. thought and thought there were some good points in it yeah it's I, ironic that the nypd it by just hassling the homeless we're actually just helping this guy with his agenda <laughs> <laughs> i mean Kind of, because this is the point, right? This is sort of what I, one of the things that I was thinking about driving at here is that, you know, what I, what I think this is, this talks about, right, is that in New York, and as we'll see in the UK and sort of a lot of other places, the Big Apple. Yeah. There is some respect on it. The global Big Apple, the sort of collective global (laughs) Big Apple. In the the medium pair of London town. (laughs) Um, uh, the, the 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 impressive gooseberry. Um, <laughs> there, there is this sense, right, that um, the only way to manage th- that things can be managed is by inspiring fear in people and then promising a crackdown to manage that fear. And so this is why I sort of draw a comparison to like, you know, the um, 
uh, uh, Coen Brothers uh, characters without a movie that tried to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, who were like, you know, called by the FBI and be like, you know, you should probably do this. And then, you know, we won't stop you. Um, mm. and, and this guy, right, even if this guy wasn't necessarily put up to it by the police, but it is unusual how those cameras were off and it was he turned himself in and he left his credit card at the scene. Not that he was necessarily put up to it, but it's weird. Uh, but I like that- the idea of the NYPD not being able to find a guy who is their stooge. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that sounds what about was right. that guy's name again? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, I think it's lacking the major hallmarks of like a, a, of an actual like a capital O op because uh, it uh, went off a little. It didn't. It wasn't bad enough. It wasn't stupidly done enough, and they took too long to find him. Yeah, that's, I, I mean, that's the thing though. These. It's not as though they do them on purpose. It's that they sort of find these dangerous, unbalanced people, and then just they, they're like, "Well, this guy's going to be useful," and then they get out of hand. Um, you know, as and, and sometimes they stop it as within as in with Gretchen Whitmer, and other times they don't, like in Canada, um, or or the Sernayevs. Uh, anyway, the um, what I what I sort of drive at though is that it doesn't even matter because it's what I think is clear is that like with your with these sort of the whole sort of i the whole the whole energy right it, it speaks to something that's very enervated and nervous and make put into a state of blind panic because if your governing style is to induce blind panic that then you say you're the only one who can assuage by say expanding police budgets cracking down on various like civil liberties or um uh, sort of or, or or homeless people or uh, or, or dis uh, disadvantaged ethnic groups or whatever right you stoke panic and then you promise to relieve the panic that you know you stoke um, you know, it's in that sense, you know, you, you've still put the person up to it, just not directly. Right. Yeah. The, the, the New York media has been, you know, there's a sort of like myth here. There's a sort of like mythological, the battle days that is referring specifically to the seventies. And I think in, in like the late sixties, all the seventies and some of the eighties where there was the, you know, crime was skyrocketing and like New York city went bankrupt um, and there's all, you know, and it was, uh, like a legitimately less safe place to live. Um, but basically since the, the exit of Bloomberg, um, who was like our last, you know, like heavily author- authoritarian guy, um, who, you know, installed himself for an illegal third term. Um, oh, cool. you know, yeah. Ever since he left the, the New York, the local sort of like the perverts of the local media that like write the metro sections for the daily news and the post and the other tabloids. Um, they've been sort of like edging. It's like the battle days are back. They're coming back. Here's the battle days. And it's always been this sort of thing where they're just waiting to do it. And during the pandemic, I think a lot of them got their wish because basically in America, like in a lot of places, everyone was just basically abandoned by the, by the local state federal government. And it was, you know, and now there's this very self-fulfilling, like, the city's dangerous now. So that's how, you know, Eric Adams, like, you know, won the primary basically. And the, you know, and the, and the, and the mayoralty, uh, because he was, he was promising to make it safer because he's a cop, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and that's what they love to do. And, and that's, you know, what, uh, <laughs> Oh, you, you sleepy there. Oh, you got a sleepy guy. Oh, you a little, you a little sleepy head. Oh, I'm just sleepy. I just feel so safe. Cause there are so My, many cops. Yeah, now. Miles so wearing a little hat. hat. He's wearing a little sleeping yeah. cap and he's holding going, a lantern. Me, 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 me. <laughs> yeah, Milo. <sighs> Milo has uh, has the little um little little candle 
on a little bowl yeah. uh, with a handle that he carries around to every single podcast recording. That's right. And I'm always doing wearing a my night shirt. Big stretch. Yeah, that's correct. That's right. how I like to. Uh, that's how I like to live. That's how I like to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right, so I think then you know it's we're gonna get back. Uh, that's a kind of anti-politics, right? That yeah. that you're talking about, Maddie. The feeling of we nothing is going to happen but you have to not act on the basis of something you want to change about the world but you have to react to sort of basically uh, uh, uh almost um impulses that are generated in you and that's an anti-politics that we're going to get back to when we talk when we cross the atlantic and come to britain but before we do that do we have to go back to britain yes we do i'm sorry hussein uh that's where the car is going um I want to talk to you all about a little something, and I'm going to give you a hint, right? Mm-hmm. A little startup from the United Arab Emirates. Ooh. Mm. And it's called Kitopi. K-I-T-O-P-I. Kitopi. Kitopi. Hussein, I'm going to give you first Kitopi. guess. Kitopi. I'm, I'm giving Hussein first guess, Sleepy Milo. Come on. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know, man. Kitopi. Uh... Um, get back to me. Um, let me just, let me just okay. think. Um, right, sorry, it was it was too too. Best- You're the one who usually gets it. You you are the best at guessing what it actually is. So this is really stumping you. Yeah, Maddie, please give us a guess. Kitopi. Yeah. Mm. I, was, uh, I was waiting for Milo to get it wrong so I can call him Sleepy Milo. Um, Kitopi. I mean, I I keep. Oh, he's yawning again. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a big one too. I'm, oh. I'm not very well. <laughs> <laughs> Milo was COVID for the eighth time. Yeah, I, just, got I, I had syndrome. an infection this time. It wasn't COVID. Uh-huh, that's right. Mm. Maddie, please. Okay, Katopi. And it's in the UAE. That's right. <sighs> but it's expanded around the world, and there's mm-hmm. one, there's a, an, uh, an outpost of it near the TF studio in London. Oh, mm-hmm. it's got to be really stupid if it's and from it, the UAE. But, yeah. And if it's London, and if it has a spot in London, then it must be like something property related or like landlord extraction or related. Is it does involve owning a property? Okay, it's a way to fund building your own dome that you can live in. <laughs> I wish, unfortunately, no. Um, is it like is it like an Airbnb type thing? No, no, no. Our mission, they say, is to satisfy the world's appetite. And SoftBank and other esteemed investors recognize the value of Katopi's platform to the industry, and we're truly revolutionizing diets. Uh. Not diet. Is it a platform for ghost kitchens? Correct, Hussein. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm I'm keeping my track of getting stuff. Oh, you're back. You're back, baby. Mm. Now, again, we talked about ghost kitchens before, but as I always say, when you find a startup, there can be many in the same industry, but it's something, there's going to be something about it, something that sort of tickles your fancy. And, there are many like it, but this one is mine. Yeah. So they say, and then this one, no. SoftBank has invested hundreds of millions of dollars of the so Kazakh, you know it's good <laughs> of the Kazakh government's money. <laughs> <laughs> that money could awesome. have gone to hockey stadiums, but instead, it's going to uh, the first kitchen where you can have actual ghost meat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> a ghost kitchen where they do horse meat. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I don't think I think the Kazakhs pulled out a vision yeah. fund too. Ignore you me. Need a, you need a fucking gigantic saucepan to make horse stew. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, and, and and such small portions. 
so, <laughs> SoftBank and other esteemed investors recognizing the value of Katopi's platform to the food and beverage industry and how mm. we're truly revolutionizing the way people access food. So it's valued at like well over a billion dollars. Cool. Um, it's a, yeah, exactly. Like what, who need, f- fucking who cares about unicorns now? Like every single one is funded at over a billion dollars. Like mm. out of some metaverse avatar customization, uh, 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 company that's like three guys in a basement valued over a billion dollars you don't even need an office anymore um it's awesome so, the valve on the money tap is just broken yeah that's right well it's like the money tap is broken but then there's money kind of money water coming out of the walls and damaging everything the geld valve is kaput so what and what one of the reasons i wanted to talk about this is i i spent quite a while today trying to find out what makes them a tech company? Oh. Uh, I still barely know, but there are a few things I was able to find out. So, Is it that they do it on the computer? That's a big part of it, yeah. I think so. <laughs> well, you're on our website, aren't you? Doesn't that give you a clue? Uh, what makes our platform so unique? We've developed an in-house suite of applications known as our Smart Kitchen Operating System, or SCOS. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Is the best they could do? SCOS? Scoss. Scoss. I hate, I hate it when you're at formal hall and you get scossed. <laughs> Thank you very much, Milo. Just just for Riley, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Uh, well, I, I scoss anyone who can't uh, answer this next question. Mm. Um, it's not really a question. It's more I'm going to say something and you react to it. It's the format of the show. Everyone knows. Yeah. Um, the custom no, no one mentioned any woman who's not uh, the queen or the Virgin Mary. Uh, the custom-built technology opt- optimizes all aspects of kitchen operations in real time to maximize efficiency and increase utilization. Uh, and again, like, I don't know, you can't just... You wouldn't be able to go order food from a Kitopi and be like, ooh, delicious. I love that Kitopi patented crunch. Uh, it would be like, ooh, I, I love getting, you know, a burger cunt or whatever, exactly, as Alice yeah. often said. You wouldn't, you wouldn't download your burger cunt, would you? Yeah, well, no, you wouldn't. Well, maybe you wouldn't. Um, so, like, you can't just, like, you know, go. Yeah, so, and- it's, it's, like, it's like Deliveroo. It's a platform that facilitates like a consumer and a restaurant or in this case a dark kitchen it's not like a restaurant in and of it, or a dark kitchen in and of itself yeah like you it's can middleman you can get a nathan's famous hot dog in the uae because of this tech company uh is it going to be made by the people that make a nathan's famous hot dog no it's gonna be made out of the same stuff almost certainly not <laughs> <laughs> the online gic where you can either get a nathan's famous hot dog or a burger cunt depending on your preference thank you well, what's love. important for the nathan's dog is the barding on it right you want to have the right mm. sort of jacket and so it says yeah. nathan's on it so they say our state-of-the-art smart kitchens are the solution you need to scale in just 14 days um and they, they talk about all this so I, I i actually went through old back issues of entrepreneur dubai magazine Oh, wow. Okay. Why did you have those? <laughs> We're stacked up next to his toilet, just like, oh, back to the old faithful. I promised I never would. Just as I'm getting out, they pull me back in. <laughs> Here I am, just licking a finger and turning a page to open up Entrepreneur Dubai, June 2021. There's an alternate history where we're all sat around in full Arab dress, eating dates and baklava and just talking about how great all of these UAE companies are. I would. We'd get paid Podcast a lot. Found it funded eight million dollars by the okay. UAE government. Sure. Yeah. Good. Done. Yeah. Done. Fine. Uh, uh, send me a Fendi belt if you agree. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so no, they, I, I figure. So I have a, a little bit of it, right? I actually found something. The solution focuses on. This might surprise you. Delivering a great customer experience across multiple brands. 
Oh, um, yeah. It so it's it's not just a kitchen with a website. It focuses on delivering a great customer experience across multiple brands. Cool. No one's ever done that before. <laughs> um, so they say basically, oh well, no, what we do is we use data science to predict when drivers will arrive, how long an item will take to cook, and then auto-sequence the items to cook first, thereby enhancing speed. We have a big computer. And we put the food in the computer, and it goes beep, 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 and it makes it more efficient. Don't ask us how it works. Don't. I've told you before, we don't know. It's magic. Our proprietary hamburgulator that we punch cards into. Beep, beep, boop, boop, beep, beep, boop, beep, 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 is your burger. <laughs> Thank you, Milo. <laughs> it was made by a robot. In the most general, in the most generous possible um, assessment, right? Because usually whenever someone says, we use some AI secret sauce and it massively increases our efficiency or whatever, generally speaking, what they're really doing is just pushing their workers harder. Um, and then uh, 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 oh, no. using the proprietary burgulator, <laughs> of course, <laughs> the hamburgulator, which is just yeah, uh, it's a mechanical a Turk. It's just a guy yeah. in there. Yeah, that's right. Cycling um, all these mechanical Turks. I wish they get out of Hamburg. But what one what, what of the things that I sort of sort of took away from this is if you take it at its word and say yes, actually, it does have all of this data and AI secret sauce that everyone always claims to have, and you know, mm-hmm. etc. Um, then what they're really doing is. The innovation here is to just mechanize the people working in the kitchen more to make them more like machines. Mm. Um, And in a sense, it is taking the Amazon model. It's not just taking the ghost kitchen model started by, you remember those two girls, uh, Jeannie and Eki. Oh, fuck. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Disco Uh, Biscuit. Yeah. Then their friend Disco Biscuit. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and, yeah. and, and the dog's called Jessica, but the mum's called Disco Biscuit. Yeah, and their friend, Cat uh, 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 Key Bump. Uh, yeah, Ketty. Ketty Key, Key Bumpington. Ketty <laughs> Key hyphen Bump. But it's like yeah. K E Y E. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, C A I U S hyphen Bump with an E. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thank that's you. Right. Very good. We got there in the end, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, so. Um, Right, it, but what's what's happening? Right, is they they're just taking a model where they have a kitchen that doesn't Can have Avaline Coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, posh names are fun. Uh, <laughs> um, so what those those two? Uh, I can't remember their last name. Uh, Newton, I think. Disco Biscuit Newton. <laughs> Disco Biscuit Newton. That's right. Yeah, uh, they took a, a their their model was for that conversion of ghost kitchens is they would just say, what if we just had a kitchen? And instead of orders coming in from servers or people eating outside, it's literally just for Deliveroo. And that was like the main innovation. And what- they've invented a takeaway. <laughs> exactly. But they've invented a takeaway that's like a secret one. Yeah, yeah. Like a stealth takeaway that only Deliveroo yeah. riders know about, like a fight club. Oh, yeah, um, cool. Whereas Katopi, what they're saying is, no, we're going to take it one step further. We're going to make this more like Amazon, and we are going to use uh, AI data secret sauce to <laughs> yes, thank you, Milo. The, I, I actually, this one goes on in my head whenever they say this. I, I think, I, I think that, I think that person named that actually went to a Charterhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you going to beep beep boop boop beep beep beeps party next like, yeah. later this summer? <laughs> yeah, her parents were really chill. <laughs> They've gone to the Seychelles for the winter. They've just like let her have the house. Um, this is a joke's just for us. Um. I was saying, right, they've taken this model and they have made it into Amazon, basically. They've taken that a step further. 
um, in the kind of selecting a big bunch of people and then just basically mechanizing them by making a computer their boss. Um, <clears throat> and they talk about, right, they don't just, um, they don't just monitor, like, who's preparing what meal using, you know, the big data secret sauce, but they're also constantly spying on everybody in the kitchen. Uh, and once again, they say, beep, oh, beep, beep, beep. they say this tech, they say, could help ensure our colleagues yeah, wash right. their hands. It's a bad use of the computer. <laughs> uh, they say um, this, this technology could help ensure our colleagues were washing their hands for 20 seconds, wearing their mask correctly and so on. If an anomaly was identified, we'd be able to rectify it immediately. So basically, you wash your hands for 15 seconds and it's like, citizen, go back to the sink. Rest assured, any of our kitchen staff who don't wash their hands for at least 20 seconds are executed immediately. I mean, as long as we're keeping anomalies out of my food, I'm happy. <laughs> the computer, like, shedding a tear as it, like, pulls out a revolver and puts it to your <laughs> temple. Beep, beep, boop, beep, 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 boop. Beep, 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 beep. Hold on, I speak computer, guys. He's saying yeah, I'm very sorry. <laughs> I don't want to do job. this. <laughs> I can't lose this job. My wife I says she's got leave fired me. from Boston yeah. Asimov. <laughs> you know, and they, they, so basically, like, imagine working in a kitchen. It's covered in CCTV cameras, and there is a screen, there's a computer that is monitoring everything you do, predicting all the work you're going to do, and you have no idea why you're doing what you're doing. You just know you have to pick up the rice and put it over here. You have to chop half of this carrot, and then you have to go wash your hands for 23 seconds, and then you, and it's, it is, it's so disorienting. Right to not have any connection to the thing that you're making, other than just being a piece of a machine that they haven't been able to automate yet, and are controlling as tightly as they can with these kinds of what are essentially surveillance technologies. Like that's what, as far as I can tell, the smart kitchen operating system is: is it is uh, a device to surveil and um, further uh, control and de-skill the tasks of a kitchen worker. It's also just insane. They're, ma- they're, they're, like, they're developing the system from the movie Equilibrium to make nachos. This is never <laughs> going to be an efficient way of doing this. It's deranged. <laughs> Here we work to the rhythm of the Hamburgulator. We do, not, we do not question its will. It is beyond our ken. So, uh, Manny Hussein, what do, you, what do you two think of this, uh, this development? And we'll move yeah. on. I'm excited for when uh, my career falls through and I have to go work in uh, <clears throat> like food service or something that I can become a high priest of the Hamburgulator to divine its will. Um, there used to be other. a famous cartoonist <laughs> called Matty Lipchansky. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm now a high uh, priestess of the Hamburgulator. You know what, what you're describing? Do. You're describing the game Paranoia, but set in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Hussein, any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it sucks. It's just like, what else can you say um i just think it's very it's 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 just very uh well all i can really say is that this is this is such a typical thing to kind of come out of the uae um in the sense of like and like the only immediate thing i kind of think is like the uae is basically filled with like fast food places anyway um and like the fact that you can sort of get it anywhere and like crucially like you already pay delivery and like kitchen stuff like very little to do so like the fact that it's kind of diminishing even more i don't know it's, just, it's all just like very fucking dystopian i don't i don't like it's just genuinely one of those things it's not because i think it's like kind of gross compared to other stars that's we've done but it's more oh okay like yeah the inevitable this is going to be like the next inevitable thing um because like 
if you didn't think that ghost kitchens were dystopic enough, then, and I guess, I don't know, as like a final thing also, like, it's just kind of this, and I, and I wonder what you think about this, about like the idea that you kind of have to kind of keep on kind of creating these types of, not even tech companies, but just like different ways of doing mass surveillance, right? Um, there's like, there's no sort of finishing point until you have like complete control over, or like, well, there's, it, it doesn't finish until like you can basically replace the humans with robots but until then like you kind of just keep creating stuff to put them under more and more control in a like a precarious climate where like all the all the smart money like heads towards surveillance tech well i mean without the sort of direct reference to surveillance i mean you could just transpose exactly what you said onto uh you know mark's talking about the steam loom and you know you sort of get the same trajectory you know like what once you finish the spinning jenny Ketopia becomes inevitable. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. I think it's interesting that this is sort of like the long term sort of mechanization of fast food work. Specifically, if you go back to like McDonald's and the way that they started doing things was they sort of did the assembly line process and they, they try to mechanize and sort of automate people's work as best they could within that system. And right, this is like the long term sort of goal of manufacturing work labor and fast food and all this stuff but i think it's interesting that the technology to actually automate it is not getting better all they're just doing is adding cameras all the time and more people to yell at you and they've just automated the manager and not the work and now you just have this like flesh robot that's a person but they're trapped now in this this horrible process well that's the thing isn't it that the the companies that have done have done these sorts of efficiency improvements effectively are the ones that have done the unsexy ones like the reason why mcdonald's is really efficient is because they've made the process of making any mcdonald's meal incredibly simple so you can get anyone to do it like you just everyone has a simple task that they do over and over again it's not that they have like loads of surveillance or like the hamburgulator which coordinates <laughs> all of this no the the reason why it works is because their system is really fucking simple and it's like impossible to fuck it up that's that's actually how you but get the efficiency thing is, they, they actually still do have tons of surveillance right like not maybe not like ai enabled cameras mm. but you know, there is absolutely, they, they do absolutely have, like, and more and more recently, like, in, with an al- in an algorithmic manager sense, but even before, right, one of the key things about, say, a, ver- a task that is broken down and standardized that much is that it's easy to surveil. You know, yeah. Well, you I'm could, not saying McDonald's are good. I'm just saying that McDonald's, being like an older company that isn't run by like a bunch of like completely adult people <laughs> on like their nineteenth date of the afternoon, who are just like, yeah, uh, I don't know, do more cameras than the hamburger Like they're just like they've been running a fucking business for like seventy years, and they're like, yeah, this is like how you this is how you run a production line. Uh-huh. It's like it's like I lo- what I love about all these like so called tech companies is that they love being like we are here to innovate we are going to ignore all of the best practices that have been developed over the last like 200 years of industrialization and presume that this insane thing we've come up with is the solution to all of that it's a bit like the way libertarians always end up reinventing the government by accident like these companies are like oh well then in the end we had to you know break things down into stages and you know well just reinvent serfdom and getting Mm. yelled at seems to be the <laughs> yeah exactly oh, i'd i'd love to i'd love to ha- like own the web like the web3 um dow that reinvents yelling on the blockchain <laughs> yeah it turned out that the algorithm couldn't really successfully predict what the demand would be so we just had to go back to a kind of statistical confidence interval uh I mean, that's sort of what it is <laughs> yeah that's let's just that's that is what ai is it's just a regression mm. cool
Uh, it's just a sufficiently complex one that repeats and repeats and repeats. Well, and it goes beep, 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 beep. It sure does. Yeah. I thought it was a magical hamburger computer from space that got sent here to help us. Um, I want to talk about anti-politics, friends. <laughs> sounds like, you know, like when they would have like the intro to a kid's show and you would be like, and it's Davey and Stu and Susan too and the magical hamburger computer from space. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think we had the same kind of kids shows. Trash yeah, future. I'm, yeah, and I'm, I'm yeah. introducing Sleepy Milo. That's great. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe they're maybe they're good friends. Sleepy Milo will come for a visit. Yeah, that's all right. Sleepy uh, Milo sorry. and Hamburgulator, my favorite show. No, we're we're gonna move over to the UK. Davy, stop fucking the Hamburgulator. <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta stop doing that, Davy. Uncle, from Uncle Vito is in the Hamburgulator show. Uh, I, I wasn't involved. No, don't don't report this to my probation officer. I can't go back. Well, he learned how to talk in jail, huh? <laughs> um, uh-huh. I'll I'll let you just laugh that one out there, bud. Pedophile Don Vito has been turned into a hamburger computer from space as a punishment. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, this is this is uh, like the stupid version of Warhammer Forty Thousand, where you commit a terrible crime and then you're turned into a servitor. It's just in this case, the servitor mm-hmm. is for something really dumb. Yeah, well, I'm gonna make bad, bad, you can't make me be on this kid's show. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna make you learn yeah. about Warhammer Forty Thousand, Milo. No, I never will. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. No. I'm gonna for- I'm gonna make it. Po- you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna just insert so many references into the episodes that it's your job to be on. And the knowledge mm. is going to stick. What about Warhammer 40 and it's just about MILFs? <laughs> <laughs> That's an idea. Uh-huh. All right, well, yeah, I the guess... Emperor turns you into a MILF. The Emperor doesn't turn anyone to... I'm just going to go on. <laughs> um, turn... The Emperor and his space MILFs. He doesn't turn anyone into anything. He uses arcane genetic alchemy. Okay, he's growing MILFs. That makes more... That's closer... Yeah. yeah, sounds like some Harry Potter shit to me. But okay, go off. Imagine the people in Games Workshop just painting like busty milfs, <laughs> little models. Uh huh. That would be fun. Yeah, just a bunch of a bunch of like virgins, just like just painting, just like sexy older women. They get mad at you. I remember like the reason I got turned off Warhammer was because when I I got like a, one of those small sets uh, when I was younger as a gift and uh you got to paint them in the store right and uh-huh. some like and some like nerd got mad at me because um i was painting like my kind of goblins or whatever the wrong color and i was and, oh. and i was just very confused by suggested because i because it was like because i was kind of like do 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 the elves have a certain color and like and then you're like yeah it's in the book but you've got to buy the book and it's just like yeah and so that that one <laughs> secret elf color you can only learn it's like scientology like you have to give us money, and then we'll tell you the secret yeah. goblin. Well, he was like talking, I mean, he was talking to me as if like team. I should know what those colors were, and I was just like, I was like twelve years old. I don't know, man. It's just you know, I don't know. I, I knew what all the colors were when I was twelve. The the, the color that I'm painting, the Mishat, correct? <laughs> God damn it! You get out. I'm not doing Warhammer like phrenology, and I'm, that's the reason why I'm never stepping into a Warhammer shop ever again. Fair play. Fair enough. All right, no, I want to bring it over to Britain, and I want to talk about uh, anti-politics. Mm-hmm. Because, let's see, if Who's there is one, one story, the entire country's, uh, at least commentary, it seems to be gripped by, it is um, Boris Johnson has received a small fine. <laughs> Woo! 
<laughs> the first British Prime Minister in history to have broken the law. That's right. As so many of our journalists were confidently reporting. Absolutely. No British Prime Minister has ever broken the law. Uh, I hear Ted Heath is also going to be on that show, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Normal guy, Ted Heath. It's also like, because, okay, you can say that and say, like, this is the only sitting Prime Minister who's ever been, like, actually caught and reprimanded by the police breaking the law. But, like, you just sound insane if you say the only sitting... I don't... Not only is British, British, Boris Johnson not the first sitting British Prime Minister to have broken the law, it's not the first time he broke the law. Like, come on. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, and the funny thing is, right, if you recall, you have to cast your mind back to, like, January, early February, where... All where it was like when when it, he was kind of floundering and the Daily Mail and the Sun and everything basically mm. turned on him. Yeah, it affected it affected Tory polling. It hasn't really recovered or not that much. Um, and then Labour decided we're going to make the entire election about this. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't really do the Starmer voice. It's not um, uh, well. It's we, a union job. We might be the Labour Party. But you, you are the Conservative Party having a party, the party that was being had by you illegally, and, you, and it's a disgrace. I, w- I want to hear more of Riley's uh, Corf Steamer, whoever that was. <laughs> Corf Steamer, yeah, it's the, it's the steam paddle boat that takes you to Corf. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, right, the, um, yeah, it's like the damage has kind of been sort of done, what damage there was to do, but now, if you look at, like, the covers of the Daily Mail and the Sun, uh, the Daily Mail, I actually screenshotted it here. It says, Boris is only there for nine minutes, Carrie less than five. The birthday par- cake never left its Tupperware box. God, how fucking sad. Every time I learn it a new sounds detail... sounds like an arcane po- ritual. No, the, t- <laughs> the, the cake must never leave the box. Well, anytime I learn another detail about, like, all of these, like, mandatory fun work parties that, like, shook the nation, it just gets sadder and sadder and sadder. I just, I'm casting my mind back... To like the Christmas gathering where just some like civil servant in his like late 50s was just sitting there in an ill-fitting suit wearing like a little uh, tinsel garland. And it was just so sad. I'm, I'm so baffled by this because they could have like they could have just kind of gotten away with it if they hadn't lied. If they'd have just said like. Yeah, I know it looks bad, but like all these people work together. They were like pulling like fucking 16 hour shifts with all this stuff. We just kind of thought it would be nice to let them unwind a bit. We see how bad it looks. We're sorry, whatever. It would have just gone away. Like, but because they did the whole thing, like, well, what really is a party? Socrates. Can you can you riddle me that? And then now and so now they've just got like all the most boring people online yelling at them constantly. Uh, being like, Boris Johnson killed my grandmother by having a party. No, Boris Johnson killed your grandmother by everything else that he did. The actually bad stuff. The the, the corruption and the not doing anything about the stuff. And, and, and right, they, and the Daily Mail goes on to say, don't they know there's a war on? Which last I heard, we weren't in. No. But I, at the we're not in. Oh, God oh, we've, we've, we've been in a war for a long time, and that war is against uh, one Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah, that's correct. I'm it's, gonna I'm gonna hand a uh, like an, an occasional W to a private eye on this, whose front page is Boris Johnson shaking hands with Zelensky, and they're both saying thank you for rescuing me. <laughs> oh no! So the, the thing, the reason I want to talk about this, right, is uh, like I've often said, anytime this comes up, I think it's a useful lens to think about other things in this country. It itself is not interesting, but seeing how other people react to it, seeing what other people see in it, is I think instructive. Um, and I think, right, the, um, there is a desire on the part of the great and the good, the opinion formers of, of Britain, the people who 
sort of tr- who through their you know voices and and, and control of you know uh, uh, news outlets, TV, newspapers, and so on, um, are 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 sort of saying, well, this is what we want to talk about, and you know, this is in the sense of arguing about was there rule breaking or was there not? Should you respect the prime minister or not? It all comes down essentially to demanding that you have or respect an affect. You know, you should feel betrayed or you should feel insulted uh, and scared. You know, um, and there's very and there's very little mention of. And by the way, I, I'm sort of going to move on to the, um, the sort of alleged uh, kind of liberal wing of British politics, the opposition party and so on, sort of saying this is the only thing that is happening. Uh, this is the only thing that is happening while we, um, you know, millions are plunged into food poverty. Well, like our version of uh, Matthew Lesko is like there will be civil unrest. Um, our our sad Matthew Lesko, our dour oh, Matthew I hate Lesko, political violence advocating Matthew Lesko. Like he, he was, he took great pains to say he wasn't advocating it. He mm. was just saying, I think it's inevitable. Yeah, I think it's funny that you guys are getting like your own like weird low stakes version of the the Mueller report stuff, where it's like the same sort of like, oh, we're just distracted by the stupidest shit imaginable, while the very bad leader of the country does very bad things that were re- you know results in like actual material problems for actual people and then they're just like no 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 the real problem is a phone call that he made or whatever you know yeah and 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 like i i think and what i want and the other thing right that's happening at the same that was announced today right is that w- britain has looked at australia's refugee policy which is essentially to put them on a fucking prison island um and again uh, and come up with a stupid version because as evil as it is that island is near australia <laughs> It makes logistical, if not moral, sense. Riley, would you like to tell listeners where the UK is planning to build its sort of asylum concentration camp? Uh, Rwanda. Awesome. Cool. Cool. We're going to repair the reputation of Rwanda by building a concentration camp there. Rwanda is is the crown jewel of the Red War. That's right. They're creating jobs. I'm a simple American. I don't know anything outside of the little hole that I live in, geopolitics-wise. Are you just allowed to build something in Rwanda? Uh, if you agree it with the dictator of Rwanda, you oh, can. Sure. Yeah, he's let okay. me. He's let me build like a big conservatory. He's an there. agreeable guy. Sure. The thing is, right? This is this is much What's of he what getting is out of it. And again, there are a lot of the a lot of people are saying, ah, we did this, we did this because of Brexit, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And again, I remind you what the fucking EU did with its offshore detention centers in Libya, right? All of these countries do it. Australia does it. The EU does it. Now we're doing it. The US like is big enough that they can just put their offshore detention centers inside. They don't need to be offshore. They can just be inside. But like we're all doing it. Um, but now we have decided to do it again in a especially sort of evil and strange way. And all of Britain. And what I'm so you know so sort of noticing here, right, is there is this this uh, 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 mania has gripped, I think, the uh, liberal commentariat all the way up to the leader of the Labour Party um, that uh, this thing, this thing in Rwanda, this country, this, this commission of what I think is essentially an historical evil by Britain, one of many, but certainly a new one, right, uh, is uh, a distraction. It's a distraction from the party. And I, 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 am, I, I, I almost cannot believe... I can believe it because I understand that, you know, these people are morally depraved uh, and also rather stupid. 
But um, I am shocked, nevertheless, to see it. I- I've clipped a few here. Well, it's because, you know, you have to understand that we're trying to get Boris Johnson for the bad thing that he did, which is having a party. And we can't afford to have any distraction of that from just regular normal things that are bipartisan that he's doing, such as building a concentration camp in Rwanda. And, and that's why I call it anti-politics, right? Because it's focusing on... If politics is sort of at, at base, right, the advancements of your particular interest against that of someone else... Right. That's generally, I think that's a, a pretty broad definition. I'm sure I could be disagreed with. That's sort of fine. Right. So appealing, say, to, to say, though, this advancement of the interests of terrified homeowners, essentially, like uh, of, of the advancement of a social movement that gets its legitimacy by frightening homeowners and then promising to crack down on the things it says are frightening them. Right. Um, and then that and it advances its agenda against a, a an identified group that it sees as counter to its interest in this case uh some of the um uh you know poorest and most uh, uh downtrodden people in the world who really have nowhere else to go because usually they'll have some connection to someone something here right and, and they are advancing their interests against that against those people and the desire to see this purely as a distraction from a case of rule breaking that everyone can agree was an instance of rule breaking is a dr- it's the only way that anti politics and the anti politics of like the labor party under Starmer, liberal technocracy, the Romaniacs, whatever. I have a Romaniac on here with a quote actually. Um, but that's the, that, that's the only thing they can see because they don't want to fight a political battle. They want to be, advance something that everyone can agree on, which is anti politics. Because you're saying, well, actually, there are no competing interests. Uh, everyone's, everyone is aligned. All we have to do is agree that we don't want a rule-breaking prime minister in office, and then they'll replace him with, even in their wildest dreams, they replace him with a Tory. That is the same fucking thing. Well, there's nothing in the Constitution, there's nothing against the rules about building a concentration camp rally. So That's right. This became the same right? thing with, with like, as with as there was with Trump, right? Where it was just like, yeah. uh, sir, sir, you have to do all the evil stuff, but by filling out the correct form, actually, <laughs> sir. Well, and and that's the thing, right? It it is it is of dubious legality in Australia and here, and that doesn't mm. stop anyone. I do get the impulse to a degree in the sense that, like, <clears throat> I think with like this government in particular, we know that like they are very receptive to media people. We know that they're very receptive. I mean, they're very receptive to like certain media people, right? And they're also like a government that is filled with like, you know, columnists turned or like, you know, think tank guys turned columnists turned like political advisors. Um, and, you know, they, I, I, my thinking is like, it's not necessarily that they are kind of like doing stuff to troll people, but like their impulses are very much like, you know, there, there is a certain strand of like the current British government, which is like doing stuff li- just just to own the lips and the whole kind of like right wing media infrastructure that has deep links to government doing the same thing. So I can sort of understand like from like the liberal perspective where, again, they're very sort of like plugged into media and for them, like, you know, media and communication is like very instructive to their politics. But they see everything in this type of framework of like, oh, they're doing these types of policies because they don't like my podcast or they don't like my posts. And like, it sounds insane to say, but like, I can understand where that impulse comes from when like so much of your kind of political um, communication, alignment, whatever and stuff like comes from communicating online in a particular way, if that makes sense. Mm. 
I think it's that it's you see it that way as a result of being like one what you in particular one sees it that way as a result of seeing again all politics as purely communicative and so if you're Ian Dunt who said um sort of what you were alluding to here who said the point of the Rwanda policy is to upset people like me that's right they're doing it they're doing it specifically to aggrieve him and to own well, it it's, it's one guy. of those things where Ian Dunt Ian Dunt's so wrong he's almost right like obviously what he's saying is idiotic in the sense of like it's eliding huge things about like how many people are going to die because of this policy and it's obviously not to aggrieve Ian Dunn but it is almost to do the kind of like uh direct opposite effect of that which is to like please the people that hate Ian Dunn um and those people will be pleased by the fact that Ian Dunn hates it certainly and it and I think what the sort of the kind of the skeleton of a good point is in there in the sense that none of this is really about the thing itself it's primarily about the appearance of the thing. Like, is this actually going to be workable, having a fucking asylum processing center in Rwanda? It, all, it seems a bit pie in the sky to me, but saying you're going to do it and having and at least sending a few people there and whatever makes great fucking Daily Mail reading, which I think is the primary point of it. Well, I think that, the, it's, I think that what, what, Ian's, what Ian is doing is, number one, he's making himself the, the whole thing, where oh, yeah, he's, he's forgetting that... He doesn't matter. None of the like, Bucky. None of the people that um that the you know terrified homeowners uh, both fear and uh, hate at the same time. Whether that is refugees or young people or people who live in urban areas or all of these things, right? Um, there is no sort of it. It goes back to thinking about the Tories as a social movement. You can't you can't stop one bit of it. You can't say, well, it's because of. It's because it actually make, it makes sense because they're uh, appealing to the, the Daily Mail people who I know who have been conditioned to hate all the people that, you know, oppose the things they oppose and so on. Rather, I think it if to see these things as working together as one machine and that one machine uh, essentially is uh, created around the uh, you know, uh, degradation uh, and uh, and cutting short of human life uh, in order to, um, you know, enrich like it used to be enrich seven inbred guys you know now it's to enrich maybe nine guys who you know got rich in the 80s i i think it, it you can't what what dunt is doing is he's stopping that process and picking out the part where he gets mad and he sees that as the core part of the process but all of these it's rather than any one part of that process being the core of it other than just who benefits um is i think you have to see the whole process as a whole right it's not just and so it's very easy to say ah this is a distraction or they're just doing this for the publicity or they're doing this for the publicity because they'll know I'll hate it or they're doing this for the publicity because they know the Daily Mail readers will love it is it rather if rather you have to see these things as an interconnected system and what it spit what it and the thing that it spits out is as we say this repeated cycles of the inducement of panic and the promise to alleviate that panic through uh, crackdown essentially and then that cycle is fundamentally political and it's achieving a political goal through political means by advancing the interests of one group against another uh, in order to, again, advance the interest of an ultra insider clique. And, to, um, and I think the, the reaction of, uh, of someone like Dunt is saying, this is to piss me off, is, is looking uh, through a little pinhole at one part of that process and sort of deciding that's the process, much like someone like Mike Galsworthy, another fucking brain genius from 2016 and won't go the fuck away um he says frustrating though the rwanda story is keep writing to your mp about party gate slash law breaking 
which is that this thing, this core process of the political purposes of not just the Tory party, but the British state in general is somehow a distraction from a random thing from the news a couple months ago. I could have some sympathy with this if I thought it was in any way strategic. Like, if if there were a bunch of people who were like, yeah, this thing is really bad, but for whatever stupid reason, this party thing is what's going to bring the government down. So we should be focusing on this because the main thing we need to do, and we can sort out the Rwanda thing if we bring the government down. There would be some logic to that, except that the absolute best case scenario, and it's still not going to happen, is that Boris Johnson gets replaced by another Tory who will then be more popular because he won't be tainted by this shit and so we'll probably win the next fucking election. Strategically, it's better that Boris Johnson stays. I wonder how much of this is also just like the kind of trap that centrists have sort of found themselves in. I don't know, a trap, trap is sort of giving them too much credit, but like I kind of wonder whether the kind of Corbyn year, you know, for them, like their their whole position is very much um, the integrity of like government and the parliamentary process is something that we should all be invested in from all sides of the political spectrum. And the fact that we aren't means that like Boris Johnson gets to kind of continue doing his stuff, conservatives continue to like, you know, do all their stuff and so on. But like, it's also like a reaction to the idea that when the Corbyn years like took place, um, because of like the disdain towards the Corbyn administration, like towards like the Corbyn shadow government, um, the idea that like they should have like a transformative government or like a kind of government that does politics differently is a complete like anathema. It's something that needs to be avoided because they spent so much time convincing people that wasn't the way to go. Um, and now they've sort of found themselves in this weird quagmire of like they can't advocate for like different politics, let alone like any politics that harks back to like the Corbyn years, even though like lots of the policies sort of like not only make sense, but are kind of in some ways inevitable um, at, you know, at some point or another, but they can't advocate for that. And they also can't advocate for like, you know, voting for the Tories because, you know, the last time they basically did that, we've ended up in this situation. So I think that they found themselves like completely boxed up because they can't really advocate for anything new. So all they've got left is like hoping that um, appealing to people's sense of, you know, oh, the parliamentary process is like something that is the envy of the world and we need to protect it. But like crucially, they're trying to talk to people who like, for the most part, don't believe that's true and haven't believed that's true for like, a very, very, very long time. I think that's exactly right. Um, right, where it's you because the, the 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 decision to fight politics with politics has essentially been excised from British electoral uh, life, sort of as of the election of Starmer, right? Like right. the decision to take a political opposition. Well, yeah, and it's also to, why, like, and, yeah. and it's also why Starmer, like, when Starmer's asked about it, his main thing oh, is, I have like, the quote. Oh, yeah. Well, if you want to do the quote in the Milo voice, I won't let you. Uh, uh, Milo, will you please will you will you please do the honors of Starmer's quote? I think we need to see these plans for what they are, a desperate announcement by a prime minister who just wants to distract from his own law breaking. They're extortionate and unworkable, and they're going to cost the taxpayers billions of pounds. They reflect a prime minister who has no grip, no answers, and Britain deserves better than this. <laughs> Lynn. <laughs> we deserve a prime minister with a grip. Yeah, it, it's, it, no, it's, I've noticed the same thing over here, too, with our sort of like centrist and pundit class and also the Democrats is they like they refuse to and cannot frame these things in moral terms, despite it being fairly easy to do so. This is like a, a great evil they're trying to you know perpetrate. Uh, and it, it's so easy. It's right there, the moral lane, but they won't take it because they just spent the last, you know, I guess over there a longer time 
knifing Corbin and then here, you know, knifing Bernie that they just, just like Hussein was saying, like to suggest that there is a moral stance to be taken is to admit that they perhaps should not have done that. And, you know, they are partially responsible for uh, everything being shit. And that's where we get back to, right, the question where I think like the question, even the question of, well, would going hard on the party stuff or whatever work and get the government out, etc. That's like that's that's still kind of anti-politics, right? Because when you make a moral argument, you are it's something that's irreducible. If I make a moral argument against you, we can't debate and come to an agreement unless one of us changes our mind. Right. It's kind of zero. It, there is some kind of. Uh, what was it called? A radical negativity. It's zero sum. You know, one side has to win. There's no, um, there's no way to get a compromise out of the Rwanda thing unless you suggest an anti-concentration camp under the earth. So then the, <laughs> the neutral position is nowhere. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's like carbon offset. Whenever you build a concentration camp, you just have to build an ever and reverse concentration camp <laughs> on the other side of the earth. That's and right. Then, and then it's like you didn't build one. <laughs> um, so ultimately... You know, I, I think that as much as, you know, people like uh, Dunt and Starmer and stuff like to say that this is something that's so horrible at the same time, like you ha- we had we, we had a thing that was an alternative, not just a ignore it, focus on the battle we can win, which is arguing about the rules. Right. Um, we had we, we had that. We don't have that anymore. Um, and so what you get imagine is imagine how bad things would be if we did. Yeah, and you what? So what? Chilling thoughts. So all you're left with is complaining how much the fucking concentration camp's going to cost. Right. I've got more advice for Keir Starmer. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. We, we've we've tried telling him to call Boris Johnson a cunt and start menacingly fiddling with a flick knife from across the dispatch box. He didn't do that. We advised him to go out with Julia Fox. He didn't do that. Keir, you need to start making TikToks. Like the Walker for Colorado, the gay Democrat oh, guy. No. I want, I want Keir Starmer. Oh, look, you're complaining about the concentration camp in Rwanda. Listen, that doesn't play well with the voters, honey. For Labour to legislate, we need to actually win. Okay, all right. So that vote they were going to throw away on the Greens or on Jeremy Corbyn. All right, it's no good. Okay, you got to give it to us so that we can, the adults in the room, we're going to find a compromise. Okay, baby? All right. Okay, uh-huh. so just go on over to kirstarmer.co.uk. Uh, so he's going to do, th- he's going to be Camp Starmer. Camp Starmer, there uh-huh. we go. Which is also what he's going <laughs> to call the concentration camp <laughs> that he will build in a more sensible place. Um, and, and, and like, so any appeal, right? Any appeal to the mere technical element of it, right? To say, we should be in charge of it. The the inherent assumption is that because of our manifest goodness as the good party rather than the bad party, we're going to do a concentration camp that's going to be uh, better somehow and cheaper, more importantly. Um, but we should be allowed to run it because ultimately it's uh, because there are bad and there is bad and there's good, but it's affect. The Tories have a bad affect. They don't have a grip. We, Labour, we have a good affect and a grip. And so we should be allowed to do the things that we all agree on. And so, you know, I mean, this is why I say, right, like, if you've, if that the people who fought to make sure that the other moral side of this stayed out of Downing Street in 2019, um, I'm a, I, they have by insisting that the only thing that could oppose this extremely strong, vicious right wing reactionary politics embodied by the Tory party now. Right. 
they ensured that the only weapon that could be fought against it is anti-politics. You're essentially, it's like, um, it's like you're being sent into, into the Colosseum with a wooden sword to die. Anti-politics is not a good weapon. I've never seen it actually fucking win. Actually, Titus the Gold, there's a, there's a no-kicking rule <laughs> in the Colosseum. So, first of all, can I just, it's the Emperor saying this, because that, that's against the rules. There'll be no <laughs> kicking of sand into the eyes. I'll, look, you've cut my arm off, but I was talking. I wasn't ready. So stick it back on, right? We'll, we'll do it. We're going to do this properly, okay? The fight doesn't begin until both competitors are ready. <laughs> Sorry, Maddie. Please go. Oh, I was going to say, what about the old saying? It's uh, starmerism or barbarism is what everyone's always saying. That's right. right. Those are the two I options. That saying. That's right. That's one of my favorite saying. sayings. That's what I'm always saying. Anyway, I I think that's that's well enough for today. We've we've had some had some laughs. I got my own relaxation vein out. Oh yeah, nice. Uh, I've had a haircut. Oh, yeah. lovely stuff. It's much shorter than usual. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And uh, I'm also facing what some are calling uh, the strongman's dilemma, uh, where my mm. really nice pants no longer fit properly. Strong man's dilemma. Yeah, yeah you made your dick you too are, big yeah, by you, going to the gym. You are truly, yeah, you're, well, look, you're, your body is changing and is preparing for, uh, preparing for the summer of Morbius. And, uh, <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm M to M, male to Morbius. <laughs> Yeah, Riley, Riley's been getting those synthol injections in his penis. <laughs> He's like that German guy. Yeah, well, it's make huge. the pants fit again if you've lost yeah, too much weight. Right. That's absolutely right. Anyway, uh, so Maddie, I want to say mm. thank you very much for coming on and hanging out with us today. It has been very nice to talk to you. It's always great. Um, and Maddie, is there anything you'd like to plug? Oh, sure. Uh, let's see. Right now, you could uh, back me on Patreon if you want to read some comics early. Just at uh, patreon.com slash Lubchansky. And in about four or five months, if you see me uh, relentlessly plugging a book pre-order, please do pre-order that book. <laughs> uh, uh, Maddie, will any of these comics uh, feature people living in a futuristic wasteland having oddly relevant conversations based on the news of the day? Riley, I see how you're teeing me up here, but the answer is no. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I appreciate it. Will any of them feature Pebble Dash Medieval Castle? It's a graphic novel. It does take place in the future and people are having relevant conversations, but it's not like mm-hmm. political cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, well, fair enough. Well, uh, I, Riley, I'll, be, I'll be continuing to read those anyway. Yeah. Uh, also, shows. Yeah. Oh, the plugs. The plug section. The plugs. It's the plugs. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, show. is that you? I oh, really, no, I regret. I know I say this every time. I regret showing you Seinfeld. <laughs> every time I'm doing the plugs, I'm thinking, who are these for? Um, right, so the TF Live show, 20th of April. There may still be tickets. Um, uh, you can but, come hear him do that voice for like yeah, an hour. You could, don't though. Um, there is the, um, uh, the fucking. I have a rehearsal of Pindos before I film it on the 26th of April. And then the filming itself is on the 1st of May. Uh, tickets for that on my website. There's also the Britonology and Johannes Vonk and the Clogheads live show on the 3rd of May. That might be sold out by now because the tickets for that are very limited. Um, and then 17th of May, I'm in Brighton doing my new show, Voicemail at Comedia. Tickets for that also on my website. All this will be in the description. Come along. Uh, Hussein, as ever, where can people find you in real life? Uh, don't. You can't find me. No, you can find me. You can find me in, like, the kind of, like, backwaters of South London, uh, where I'm arguing with a guy with a horse. Uh, but you yeah, can Yeah, Dave me Courtney's at- friend's birthday party. Oh, I, I, before we sign off, I need to talk about that poster. 
It's so just, good. It's Dave Court. It's it's Dave Courtney's advertising his friend Brendan's birthday party. Yeah, Brendan O'Neill. Yeah. yeah, and there's just it, it's just <laughs> it's like it's like a pen and pixel poster where he's just got a bunch of random clip art on it. He's got everything is glowing. He's got Tyson Fury and the guy Tyson Fury's fighting. It like it like heavily implies that they're going to be there, but then yeah. it's like no, you're just going to be watching it on, on a screen, screen in Dave Courtney's house yeah, and his hot tub. And then. I'm gonna and go. the, yeah. The background of the poster behind just a, a sort of 50% transparency picture of his friend, right, is just Dave Courtney's giant head. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, can we make yeah. that the episode art for this episode? I yeah. think we can. I think okay, it's great. Perfect. I think it's great. I missed Dave Courtney's summer, summer party last time. Um, but because he doesn't live that far away from me, maybe this time around I'll drop by and see, uh, see what it's like in the castle. Is the party, are you his friend? Is the party for you? It's it's for everyone. Oh, it's, wow. He invites. He has parties and he just does open invitation like a teenager on Facebook in 2010. Yeah, it's like open invite. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. I'm I'm out. Uh, it was lovely to see you all. Don't forget, there is a Patreon. Five bucks a month, you get a second episode every week. Every week. Uh, it's ad free. <laughs> like it's not the free one. It's ad free, like all the other episodes. Yeah. Um. So check that out. Uh. And we'll see you there. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Thank you.